0: Welcome back to the Keeping It Covered podcast here on 89.1 The Points. Sports Director Ben Blakely here, and I'm joined by two people from the Roberts Wesleyan College Athletic Department. Ted Johnson, the Assistant Athletic Director in, for Communications and Promotions, and Kristen Paolini, the Assistant Athletic Director for Roberts Wesleyan College as well. Ted and Kristen, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for coming on today to talk some sports. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us on. Of course.
0: So, Ted, I want to start with you. In terms of an athletic communication standpoint, what are the differences between a Division II college program such as Roberts Wesleyan and a Division III school such like us here at Brockport?
1: So I don't think there's – there's not that much of a difference. I think um, from the SID world, communications world, um, the goal at the end of the day is to promote our athletes, to promote our teams, um, our departments, and share the successes – um, that we all, I guess, work towards together as a department. And so uh, whether it's D2, D1, D3, I know from the outside looking in sometimes it can be seen as like, as, as a different world. Um, at the end of the day, whether you're uh, Ohio State University, whether you're Roberts, whether you're Brockport, the goal is just to promote our athletes and to um, share, those, share those stories. Um, that we can champion them and encourage them because they 're putting in hard work you know every single day, and they deserve the credit for that
0: that's a perfect way to my next question, so with sports not happening at least for the fall semester at Roberts, what is there to do on the communication side because obviously you said the idea of promoting your athletes, so what has there really been able to do in terms of your department for Roberts so far this fall
1: yeah so it's been um, it's been interesting because uh, I'm used to running around like crazy with especially in the fall um, with many different sports going on um, between and volleyball and tennis at the time and golf at the time and all of our fall sports cross country and so usually it's crazy in the fall but um, right now it's been a lot of trying to get on track with different projects we've had that we wanted to get done um, helping with some of the restart um, situations where just trying to Make sure we're up and going properly um, and safely, and so I feel like there's still there's still things like website work to do and there's still content where we're trying to push out and still you know getting rosters and trying to work through schedules with our conference so there's a lot of like those day to day tasks that are I have more time to sit down and do now, <laughs> which I don't know is always a good thing because I love being at the games but um, uh, that's where our focus is, is at right now is you know the restart and The projects that maybe we haven't gotten to so far, um, that now we might have a few extra minutes to handle.
0: Now, you said with the content, you guys are trying to push out content on your website and projects to work on. Now, what are some of those projects that you guys have working with over at Roberts in terms of this, you know, unknown time trying to get stuff done?
1: Yeah. So something that you know we've tried to do here in the past, and we're we're working towards, and we'll probably be getting towards over the next, you know, couple. As we're getting, you know, making some headway on this restart stuff, is um, is just finding some feature articles for our story for our athletes, um, so we can make some kind of personal connection. Because right now, you know, our our fans, our families, are used to being here and getting to know the athletes, the freshmen that come in, and there's there's that family that gets built, and that's something that we love at Roberts is that it's a that tight knit community and right now we can't offer that to anybody because our, you know, being closed as a campus. And so finding ways to share the stories and personal ways of of interesting stories and interesting um, angles to our athletes and what they're doing, what they've done and um, trying to share those with our community. And so that's something that we're working towards and we're gonna be doing over the next, you know, two to three weeks and really trying to ramp that up. Yeah, it's a different look, it's a different feel. it's. Uh, it, and I'm sure Kristen can explain as well in her world, it's, it gets a little bit scattered at times with, you know, we're all over the place. As much as that we feel like this would be easier now with, with uh, no sports going on, it's, it's posed quite the challenge to be like, where, you know, where can we centralize what we're working on with all these different moving components?
0: Right, so Kristen, I wanted to get your side on what could have been for the women's lacrosse team, you being the head coach of the lacrosse team there at Roberts Wesleyan. Four and one record to start the 2020 season, a win over number 18th ranked Pace University to begin the season. After those five games, everything just shut down and your season was over. Basically, it was taken out from under you. Mm-hmm. So how unfortunate was the ending of your season for your team? And how far do you think that team would have went in not only in conference play, but possibly in championship play down the road?
2: It was devastating. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it. I think it was devastating for us as coaches just to see the the – the capabilities of what the team was doing and it was devastating for the girls because they got so much joy from um being competitive and being recognized finally within division two but w- what was great was seeing that the girls understood like the overall what was happening that it wasn't just our team it wasn't just roberts Wesleyan, that there was much more happening you know around spring sports and everybody was going through it so seeing them come together at the end of the season Um, and the first thing they thought of was like, let's celebrate the seniors because they did so much for our program. So to see them immediately switch their brains from like poor us to like, let's celebrate them and, uh, let's honor them. So that was really like comforting to see and hear and watch happen. But, uh, what could have happened was, you know, sad to think about because they, we had a lot of potential and we, we had a couple more ranked teams that we were competing against and going to play coming up. So we were ready for them and, I think we're excited to keep climbing up the rankings of division two, but I think what we were looking forward was the, the East coast conference. We didn't even get to play any of our East coast conference teams. And those are for us are the major competitions to, to show what we can do. So we're excited about this upcoming year, you know, fingers crossed, everything continues how it's going and we can have a spring season, but um, we didn't think we lost anything, you know, that we're, we still have the capability. So we're, you know, we're, What could have been sucks to think about, but we're we're excited to figure out what we can continue to do.
0: So on the administration side, the ECC decided to cancel the fall season on July seventeenth, and a lot of a lot of the students were still at home preparing to pack everything up to come out to Roberts if they were living on campus or even off campus as well. So this is kind of a two part question, but. What were, you, what were your expectations leading up to the announcement? And, and how did those fall season athletes, react, athletes to the, react, to react, the- react to the cancellation of it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, you know, like all administration was communicative with the coaches about the decision and what's going to happen. So we really wanted to have a unified voice within the athletic department and have that message be a positive one to our athletes. So instead of saying, you know, well, this is what's getting canceled and this is what we can't do. Um, we wanted to make sure we shifted our focus and prepared ourselves for our athletes. to this is what you can do. This is what we're gonna prepare for. This is what we're gonna try to do to stay active, but stay safe and stay healthy. So I think just having that positive message and that unified message um, helped us as a department because we knew we knew everything that was leading up. Of course, everything was changing day in and day out, but we knew what was going to happen. Um, it's just that our athletes didn't. So having that unified force and positive message um, allowed our, especially our fall athletes, not to get too negative or too devastated that they did have something to work for and that they could continue to work together. And um, they knew that we were positive and that we were going to do everything to, to help them get through their, their fall season. So I think it turned out a lot better than, you know, what we, if, if it was the other way around, you know?
0: Right. So Tad mentioned that you are a big piece of putting together what has been known as the Roberts restart plan in terms of athletics. So obviously you have the mandatory requirements such as, you know, you have to wear a face mask when you practice and you have to be socially distant. But what are some other specifics in the plan that you have looked at or you've already implemented in terms of these teams that have already started practicing for their seasons to come up soon?
2: I mean, all of our administrators have been advisors and and worked on everything because, you know, all of our worlds combine, but yet we all have different inputs and everything. But I think that um, what's great about Roberts is that our athletics has worked very closely with the college as a whole. So being able to, I think we're blessed as a, as a school hearing what other, um, programs and other schools can, you know, are not further along than we are in, in the Rochester area. So we're, um, at any, any, any time we can roll back any of our phases, we call them phases. Um, but we are slowly phasing into like a more team, team guidelines. So we started off with our small groups and we didn't call them pods. We called them small groups, um, which is different from other schools and, uh, we, we're not having masks while we're outside, but it's our main focuses are mask duration and distance. So if we are outside for physical activity, where it's practices or training, and it's physical exertion and you, you don't, you're not required to wear a mask, but the duration of the drills have to be under 15 minutes. And if distance is keeping our distance six feet is possible, we're, we're asking to to keep our distance. And if stuff like that couldn't, um, like team meetings or huddles or like team prayers, stuff like that. If um, you have to be within six feet, our athletes are putting our masks right back on. So, but we've done a great job as a college and in athletics department to like phase in and having those two weeks of phase, phases so that we can properly monitor and making sure that, you know, our, our cases are low and our athletes are healthy and our Roberts community are staying healthy. So, we're getting there, we're slowly phasing in, but uh, it's, it's a slow process and we, we all understand that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because here at Brockport, it's been that kind of point where within those first, first couple of weeks that we were on campus here that couldn't really do a lot of stuff. And now with everything opening back up, not only those fall sports can get practicing again, but now those winter and spring sports can finally get it in the gym or get on the field. And exactly. like, like Ted said earlier, create those relationships with each other because you're gonna have freshmen but you're also going to have juniors that are now becoming seniors that are going to have to take on that leadership role and kind of guide those freshmen into, you know, this is how it's going to go and that they want to create that team bonding type of atmosphere.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like you, like we talked about with the positive message, I mean, it's, it's the mental state of, of, of everybody, students and student athletes. Um, it's, it's hard being, you know, told to you with strict protocol, but the phasing in that we did at Roberts has helped us, um especially with our student athletes the mental side of everything so that they know that we are working towards something slowly but surely but we're working towards it and that you know there is a, the positivity to it instead of focusing on like what we can't do at this time we're trying to focus on like what we're able to do at each phase.
0: Roberts Wesleyan College has decided that they would not sponsor outdoor teams or group physical activities during the first 2 weeks of the semester and reevaluate in mid-September if any guidelines could be loosened. Now since we're closer to that goal of end of September, what were those two weeks like on campus, not only for students, but for student athletes? And what has changed since then for the better to get those athletes on the field and also to have regular students have the ability to go to the gym and work out or to be able to run on the track or you know vice versa, to be able to get outside and be you know athletically inclined and to work out?
1: So before, even before the two weeks, um, two weeks before that, we had some of our international um, students coming back and out of state students coming back. Um, so it's kind of like a month, it was almost a month long process of a lot of nothing. Um, so the goal then was out of state um, because of all the restrictions and then international because, we, because of the issues of trying to get our student athletes over here um, to the United States and on campus Was a challenge. They gave, you know, trying to get more time to logistically work that out, and then get them so we could be to be safe and they, you know, to have them in their dorms for a couple weeks. Um, And I'm sure that, like Kristen was saying, as athletes, uh, I'm sure they were bored out of their mind. They couldn't do a whole lot. But um, our goal for that two weeks, when they were getting here, and then the following two weeks where we weren't doing much of anything, you know, our goal was to open the safest way possible. You know, we knew that if we got behind the eight ball on this, and we had some kind of, you know, COVID cases or positive tests um, right away, or people were getting sick right away, um, it'd be very, very hard to recover from that. And so, we had, you know, encouraged our student athletes to make the best decisions possible, not just for them, because it's easy to make decisions based on what we want in the moment, but to make decisions that are best for their team and best for the school. Um, and And some of that was to say, right now, we're not doing a whole lot of anything. And, you know, we want you to be able to work out on your own when you can. But we wanted them to get acclimated once school started to the new protocols. That was a challenge in and of itself with academics to say, this is all new for all of us. It's new for your your professors. And so let them get acclimated to that first, um, see how the processes and protocols were working. And then allow things to slowly open, like Kristen said. So we're at the point now uh, where things are starting to slowly open as the phases take place and um, as we see progress in in what we've done so far.
0: Now, has there been any, I guess you could say, call them violations of student-athletes on campus? Because I know here at Brockport, we've had Some instances where the president of the college here has had to shut down the soccer program and there's been fines issued out to certain players on different teams. So have there been any, I guess I wouldn't call them outbreaks, but have there been any instances where teams have had to shut down practice for a little while or have had to quarantine. We
1: haven't had any of that so far. We've had gentle reminders um, to make sure that we're always wearing masks that the protocols are being followed and most of our student athletes, if, I mean, all of our student athletes has, have been taken at the heart. Um, we know that sometimes people can forget a mask or, you know, there's things that come up. And so uh, our athletic director, our president has just encouraged us daily to make sure that we're reinforcing that to our student athletes, you know, from Kristen's world as a coach, you know, she is staying on top of her girls to make sure that they're making decisions best for the team. And so through that and through what we've done, we've had no, in athletics, no cases, no positive tests, um, which has been awesome. I mean, that's all we can hope and pray for right now is to continue um, on that trajectory and to keep everyone safe. And so while no one is exempt from, you know, being shut down, you know, teams are being held accountable in every aspect. um, And we're not opposed to saying if we see things that aren't being done properly to shut down we don't think we'll have to get to that because we've seen enough positivity through our teams and our coaches encouraging and being pretty, you know, being sticklers on wearing masks, following the protocols. And um, so that's been encouraging for us. And I know for Kristen and the restart team to see them taking that um,
0: in the right ways. So Kristen, for the restart options, what teams are currently particip- are participating in practices preparing for their season? And if, and if there are, are there some teams that are not preparing yet for the practice because they haven't been cleared to practice either in person, outside, or in a gymnasium or on a field?
2: Right now, you know, we almost have all of our teams in training in some capacity. I think that, you know, we're, we're just beginning the, pro- the, the phasing in process um, with our women's bowling. Because they're off campus in a different facility, um, and and also too, we're getting our pool open for our men's and women's swim. So like right now, our swim have been swimming in outdoor pools, and it is starting to get cold, so that is not <laughs> becoming an option for them anymore. So we have just, uh, you know, put a proposal through that has opened up our pool. So now we're we're just getting through the process of lifeguards and everything, but all of our sports are training in some capacity. Right now, the only people allowed in the gym are the high risk sports, which is the women's volleyball and then men's and women's basketball. Um, everybody else, we're outside as much as possible, even if it's raining, you know, snow, hopefully not soon, but uh, or cold, you know, we're sticking outside knowing that that's what we have to might give up. If it's, it's a rainy day, we can't move inside because um, we're reserving that gym for our high-risk sports that, so they can have that opportunity to be able to play and start their phasing in of small groups and then hopefully graduating towards the the team guidelines or the team activities. But um, right now we're lucky to say that most of our teams or pretty much all of our teams are training in some capacity.
0: Now how have those high-risk sports been able to practice? Because obviously they're inside a gym and they're in an enclosed space. Because obviously with basketball you're going to have to have a hardwood floor and you're going to have to have a basketball hoop. So how are they kind of adjusted their practices? Because obviously it's basketball is very physical. There's a lot of beating and banging off of one another. So has there been any restrictions for them that they can't, they can only practice a certain amount of time or they have to wear masks at a certain time. Has there been any restrictions for them?
2: Yeah. Our coaches are great with creating practices and, you know, guidelines, especially when the gym, when the art, we call it the baller athletic center where our vac is, wasn't open the arena they were outside so we had hoops on our tennis courts so that they were able to do some small group stuff where it didn't have the the high intense uh contact part of everything um or if there were some basketball hoops off campus that they were able to get you know with one or two small group uh you know people within the team but now that our gym is open we do have those strict guidelines that we are following with the cdc the you know the new york state guidelines as well as the ncaa rules and regulations so they are you know coaches staff and players are masks masked up the entire the entire time um even during play so that way they're you know they're they're staying safe with each other because we know that basketball and volleyball you know it's difficult to uh just to remain distant but like i said right now they're in their beginning phases where there are smaller groups so volleyball are separate seven and seven on each side of, their, um, of the net. And they're doing more of like the teaching side of the small groups, whereas basketball right now, they're doing the one on ones with the coach in the middle of the court and everybody gets a basket and they're working on some of the fundamentals. So I think the phasing in process has, is, is helping us a lot because then we get to safely monitor our kids especially being indoors since there's, you don't have the ventilation of outside, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that the Department of Health is coming in and making sure that everything is safe for them for the airflow. But um, you know, we're in some capacity where we're doing everything that we're supposed to.
0: So Ted, I wanted to get your answer to this question. Uh, Roberts Wesleyan is the only Division II college in the Rochester area. Um, that's one of the big things that you guys hype on your website. So. Because of that, have you reached out to any other Division II schools, whether it be in New York or out of state, in terms of guidance with making these protocols?
1: So a lot of our decisions um, come via conversations with the East Coast Conference, which is the conference that we're a part of. So, you know, it, we have Damon uh, out of Buffalo, uh, who's in our conference. And so and we're very similar to them. Uh, and then the closest one to that would be Lemoyne and Syracuse, which is a D2 school. Um, and so most of our decisions have been made with the conference. Um, I guess there's kind of like two aspects to it. What's best for us as a school and what we know fits for us. You know, we might be moving slower than Damon is or LeMoyne or another school in our conference, but um, we've found what, what works for us and what's going to work for us, um, whether that means going slower or going faster in some phases Um, but then decisions do also um, come with our conference and what they're deciding to do and, and overall ideas that um, they're handing out from, you know, the other schools that are in our conference. So I wouldn't say that there's been like a specific school that we've looked to for um, guidance directly on what we're doing. Roberts is doing what's best for Roberts and what we see for our student body. But um, there are lots of conversations um, being had with, you know, others in our conference, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that we can hopefully get ready to go um, in 2021.
0: Kristen, you mentioned the Volar Athletic Center. Much like what you guys have over at Roberts, we have the Cirque over here on Brockport's campus, and it's finally back in open, only for students and faculty to use. Um, Brockport currently has a restriction of 69 people and mandatory mask requirements in the, specifically the gym part, not in the Um, gymnasiums or in the indoor track. So does the athletic center over at Roberts have similar or differing restrictions as to what Brockport has in terms of how many people are allowed in at a time?
2: Yeah, of course. I think the, with our weight room, our cardio room and um, our arena, there's capacity limits. So, and they were cut down to, to 50%. So we're, you know, getting creative with the space that we have, uh, you know, separating our weight room. So that way we can have a full team in, but, you know, only a f- half of them are in the weight room and the half are in the, you know, the, the alternate room. And uh, with our arena, it's we have it more separate between courts. So that way we have a capacity limit on our courts. Right now with our phases, we're, like I said, we're in the beginning phases of our re- arena opening up. So it is um, limited to one team per the entire arena while they're training. So, and then the next phase would hopefully, if, you know, if, you know, if everything continues to go smoothly, um, we'll open it up to the multi-team use. And like I said, the capacity would be on the um, the separate parts of the arena, where it'd be the courts or the indoor track. But yeah, very similar, you know, protocols and guidelines of masks indoors, um, not to be taken off. We actually use, for our athletes, we use disposable masks, you know, those blue Generic masks, so that way um, our athletes who are going to continue to, to work hard and sweat, and you know, they're they can throw those away rather than using their everyday masks that they would be wearing around campus and um, having to wash those every day um, after practices. So we have specifics in that order, but again, our main focuses are on those three things: it's mask duration of our drills, keeping it under 15 minutes, and the distance. If we're able to keep our distance within water breaks, um, team meetings, team huddles, uh, even sometimes team drills, you know, the drill lines, having them be socially distant. We're just making sure that those three things are are followed.
0: Ted, you mentioned earlier about the idea of missing that idea of being able to go to a game and sit in the press box and do something as as easy as, you know, running live stats or communicating with, you know, opposing coaches about travel time and stuff. For at least here at Brockport, there haven't been any specific announcements as to how many fans will be allowed into athletic events when they're back up and running. I know that at least on the Section 5 athletic side of things that they're allowing two vouchers for athletes to uh, give to whether it be to a family member or, you know, a friend to come and watch them play. So what is Roberts Wesleyan exploring in terms of having fans back in the stands once competitive, you know, games are back up and running?
1: Yeah, that's um, that's exciting to think about. Fans being back um, for me, I know there's just there's an energy about college sports in general. Whether you have five fans in the stands or you have you know a thousand, there's just something exciting about it. Which is why I think we we work in college athletics as a as a part of you know we love that atmosphere. For us here at Roberts, we haven't made a decision on that yet. It's something we obviously would love to have fans here. We you know we have a lot of family. And I mentioned that earlier, Roberts is such a tight knit community um, that having that accessibility to fans and, you know, family, fans, friends is important to us. Uh, it's important to our to our athletes. But uh, right now we haven't made a, that decision um, as things progress more. And as we start to work with our conference and knowing what the schedule will be like um, for the ECC come spring, um, what sports will be playing as we hope to get every sport, you know, out on the field, we'll make that decision then whether it's safe to have fans here. um, And if we do, what's the limit to that? So no decision on that yet.
0: So the consensus here in terms of a media standpoint is that we do not know the rules and regulations in terms of how we can cover games. Um, I've reached out to some other organizations and they've kind of said that it's up to the specific schools to make those guidelines as to how many people can come from the media where they have to stand, you know, access the players for interviews and feature story interviews after the game. Um, So what are some options that you are possibly exploring? I know it's kind of like with the fan one, but what are you trying to explore for organizations such as us here at 89.1 The Point, as well as also other local, you know, media outlets to come out and cover, whether it be a basketball game in the winter time or even such as a women's lacrosse game, you know, in the spring?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I uh, I appreciate the media and having anybody who can come out. I'm I'm sure Kristen, you know, after a game, after maybe a loss or something, doesn't like talking as often. So, but you know, from that side, what I handle, um, I always want to make it as accessible to the media as possible. I think every school, especially in this area, appreciates any coverage they can get because it just enhances what you know. For my world, it enhances what we do and enhances um, what we're trying to what our mission is and trying to promote our student athletes. Um, but as for our idea for if we open when we open sports, um, having media, um, I think the goal for me, um, would be hopefully having a list of, of people, you know, having checks, the checks and balances for who's here in the past. It's been kind of usually people let you know ahead of time, but then you have people who might come and, uh, just they have a game and they want to cover it. And so it's going to be, it has to be very strict. Uh, we'd have to know ahead of time and there would be a lot of the same protocols that we as administration and student athletes and coaches have to face if the media are here on campus. And so hopefully things like live streams for events would be huge for people who, if we can't offer um, the media access to being here on campus. Uh, right now our campus is closed um, to the outside community. Um, it's something that our president really pushed was the people who are here, who are part of the Roberts community are are here and everyone else is is, right now unfortunately not allowed in um, and so as you know restrictions get moved around um, and sports start up the goal would be to be able to have media here and give you guys access because it's important it's important to, to you guys it's important to us uh, it's important to our families and student athletes but it's going to be um, a lot of it has to be thought through but it's going to kind of like having fans here very strict um, in how we would go about that
0: Now, Kristen, on the side for being a coach at Roberts, how different do you think it's going to be for you? Because, you know, you have these times where coaches will come up to you and you'd have a face-to-face interaction and you wouldn't have to have that six foot difference. I know here at the point, we're kind of exploring options on how to have the idea of having possibly a selfie stick or having, you know, an extender so we can still talk with you and record our pieces without having to obviously violate the six foot mandatory requirement. So- How different is it going to be for you not being able to have, I guess you could say that close interaction with the media, whether it be like Ted said, after a win or after a loss.
2: That's a great question. I feel like I always fumble over my words when I'm with the media. So I'm like, so maybe that distance might be okay because I can like think through things, but no, um, I think that whatever, you know, I would respect whatever that the media is, is, is doing. Um, And then I know that it's for Um, They're thinking about my safety as well as theirs, and they want to get the best product. You know, you don't want to interview somebody and have a mask on them. You can't barely hear them, or you can't see, you know, a lot of it is just reading lips, too. So you can't read their lips as they're talking. So I would understand any guidelines or, you know, um, any things that they change to make sure that that happens. But um, what's great about our school and Roberts and our president is that, We have these lead restart committees that um, the proposals and just the events or just media people wanting to come to campus, put in those requests and they get decided upon. So it isn't always a, especially going into the spring, it isn't always going to be a strict no, it's going to be, um, let's have conversations about what, um, what these media outlets, um, what their guidelines are, what are they going to do to come on campus and protect themselves and protect us and Um, I think that those conversations are great and that, you know, hopefully they continue to happen going into the spring. But as a coach standpoint, too, like I said, it's I'd be comfortable with whatever the guidelines that they have, because um, like like Ted said, it's it's important to um, to get the word out and to to show what we're what we're doing here, whether it's a, a win and we're excited about it or it's a loss that we're learning from.
0: So I want to get your both your sides and both your answers to this question. So there's a good chance that the lasting impact of COVID-19 will be with us for at least a foreseeable future. Um, you know there's talks with a vaccine possibly won't come out until the spring and that's you know if you know everything comes to plan. So are you guys planning on these restrictions and protocols to be revised if the pandemic continues into the next school year or is it a wait and see what kind of happens situation?
1: so i think and kristen kind of just hit on some of that i think of you know we have multiple teams of people we have a restart team we have multiple categories to that and they're addressing the tiniest little thing the biggest things and the tiniest little things every little detail in there they are thinking through and then when something comes up that we don't haven't thought through they're then them thinking through that and so as we all know, this is probably going to be around for a while until we, you know, yes, with vaccines coming out. Um, but we have to learn to live in the moment that we're in right now and make it the safest possible, safest way possible for our athletes and, and our, our student body in general. And so I think at the end of the day, it's just, we have teams that are making suggestions and then they're doing the research and uh, dealing with the local health officials. And so it's, it's just taking it step by step. And uh, Kristen being part of like the main restart team is thing, everything comes through their desk and through their ears and, and making um, plans that, what we see as based on all the research done, what keeps everyone the safest here. And so we all, we all wanna be ready to go and, and move forward like life is normal, um, but we're doing everything possible to just continue on the path that we're doing and making progress where we can make progress.
2: Yeah, to add to that, I think that making a step-by-step that like you said, Todd, was exactly what we're doing. Of course, right now as the fall is settling down, but of course there's always things that's going to be coming up, but now we're starting to possibly shift our focus to um, to the spring and, you know, for academic-wise and athletic-wise, but um being on that lead restart, I'm, you know, impressed, and I admire everybody that's on that lead restart. That are pretty much, you know, different people from different parts of campus. That you can, you can get a sense from them that they're wanting what's best for the students, but they're also to finding ways that they they know that we're going to have to slowly open up campus and add some things and loosen the restrictions, um, as long as the, you know, the health and the safety is there and the CDC allows it. Um, but it, it's going to be a step-by-step. Of course, this, this last spring and this, this fall has prepared us to think differently about many situations, adding protocols, adding procedures, um, emergency plans. So make sure that if anything happens like this, again, we have things in place for our, our coaches, our staff, and, and our athletes communication-wise too, because I think that was a huge thing for us when this happened first happened we were discussing, like, how do we communicate to our athletes? They're, they're all off campus. You know, they're all gone. So I think that we, we have grown so much as a college and as an athletic department um, to be prepared for anything like that ha- it happens again. But moving for the spring, we're preparing for the spring, but we are also communicating to our student athletes and our coaches that anything could happen. It can get rolled back. Um, you know, we could go, it could move quickly and we could be in our spring. But per, being prepared for it now and thinking of the different possibilities is, is going to help us come next semester when we have a better idea of, you know, what the flu season is going to be like, what the NCAA is going to, their schedules, what the ECC schedules are going to be like, what our schools going to allow us to do. So um, being prepared for anything, but not being over, you know, not over getting excited about anything either.
0: So last question for the both of you. In terms of professional sports, it's been a huge gift for a lot of people, especially me, to have live TV and live sports back on air for us to watch. I mean, we've had, you know, the NHL just finished up this past week with the Lightning winning the championship. The NBA Finals is coming up soon. Um, You have the NFL that's consistently keeping it going. And then you also have the World Series that's coming up. And hopefully, um, you know, the next summer we'll hopefully have an Olympics to watch in the summertime. In terms of Roberts Wesleyan, why should the Rochester area look forward to the return of Red Hawks athletics come 2021?
1: Yeah, another good question there. So our athletes have been, I'm start here, our athletes have been just relentless right now at working at working hard and getting through all of this, the other stuff that's happening right now. It's, it's easy for us, we sit back and there's a lot going on, decisions to be made. And the one thing that I'm often encouraged by is our athletes are just doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they're also getting after it where they can to get better. Um, they're doing great in the classroom. And so they're gearing up for the season. Whether we, you know, we don't know if there'll be a season. We hope there will be. We're planning to have a season, but they're getting ready. And so I think 2021 in spring season, um, whoever, whichever team, whichever sport is playing, they're going to be ready to go. The conference we play in is very competitive. You know, D2 is is no joke. Uh, there is a lot of Division One level talented players um, who are on our campus who compete at a lot of other schools um, in our conference, and uh, so it's high level of competition. And we've had people say that before. They've come here, they, you know, they've gone to other schools where they see some of the athletes here, and they said it's a very high level of athleticism here on campus and with Roberts um, and the teams we play. So. Why should, you know, people be excited or look for um, the Red Hawks is, is just the, the grit of Roberts in general, of our athletes and our team here. And um, sports in general, is just exciting to have back. And I think we're all excited to get, finally get going and, and get people back to, to playing sports.
2: Yeah, to put my two cents in that, I would just say that why not get excited? about Roberts and, you know, the Red Hawks playing again. I think we're all dying to, uh, to, to get some games out there against other competition. But um, I think that what's exciting is that, you know, many of our programs are growing and becoming more and more competitive. And that's just something that we're witnessing now, even without the, the possibility this semester of outside competition, you're seeing how much dedicated they are in the classroom and to their sport Mentally, knowing that there's no outside competition until next semester is something that is is awesome to witness, especially being former athlete myself. I, you know, I don't know how I would handle that, doing the grind every day through the fall semester, not knowing I'm looking forward to, you know, to getting down on a girl on, a, on the field or, you know, to having competition against somebody else other than our own team. So to have that mental aspect they're working hard for it and being competitive with each other, but also being, you know, doing what they need to do outside with, you know, the COVID protocols and staying safe and then, you know, taking care of themselves in the classroom. I think that I'm excited just to see them put all of their hard work this fall semester and put it to, to competition in the spring.
0: So that is going to do it for the Keeping Covered podcast here on 89.1 The Point. Ted and Kristen, I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully the Roberts Redhawks will bring home a couple championships in 2021.
2: You know it. (laughs) I hope
1: so. Thanks for taking the time with us. Thank you.
0: To listen to any 89.1 The Point production, head to our SoundCloud page or to our website at 891thepoint.com. So for Ted Johnson and Kristen Polini, I am Ben Blakely from the 89.1 The Point sports desk saying be safe, wear a mask, and keep it covered.